welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail and presented to you by BearcatJournal.com, as well as Leah's Landscaping. You know Leah's Landscaping, the tagline, Bearcat fans get a discount, Xavier fans get charged double, which is, you know, that's a great, that's a great motto. It's a great logo for Justin Berg's Leah's Landscaping. A lot to get to tonight. I am not sure yet if Berg will be here. He was uh, he was uncertain as to how getting the kids down would go tonight. He said his two-year-old is acting like a two-year-old. So he wasn't sure if he could make it tonight. If not, we'll get him on uh, before the Bearcats get back in action on January 2nd. Dave is with me now. Hi, Dave. Hello. How you doing? Great. Good. Good to hear. Uh, got a lot of football stuff to get to. We were bouncing some ideas off of each other before we got started. I think we've got a, a pretty solid show lined up. We'll probably wait until next week to really get into the nitty gritty of uh, the UC Georgia matchup. That way, get a little bit better idea of exactly who is playing for Georgia. Um, we'll have a Luke Fickle press conference knocked out by then. Uh, so uh, probably best to, to save the Georgia matchup for next week. We'll get into some of the ancillary details around the peach bowl and, and some thoughts on some things, but we'll save the actual, uh, game preview stuff for next week. Um, what do you want to start with Dave? We got a lot of, you start with Tulsa. Yeah. I think we should just do a quick, uh, quick recap. Not a ton to dive into. I mean, seeing that it's now five days ago, but. Just our overall thoughts on the win. Uh, it was it was closer than most expected. I expected it to be closer than most. Uh, I still think it was closer than even I expected. I thought UC would maybe <coughs> – you have to pardon me. I just did radio for three hours, so my voice is a little, little more shaky than normal. But um, Tulsa played well. They had a good game plan. I thought their kids executed well. I thought the they, the weather conditions uh, played into their hands a little bit, and they took advantage. I, I thought they game planned well. They they took away some of the stuff that UC is usually successful with on offense. They were successful running the ball, more successful than almost anybody has been all year, and uh, they made it close. They made it down to the wire, but somehow – some way the Bearcats were not to be denied. They get to nine and zero. they win their American athletic their and their first American athletic conference championship. And what was ultimately pretty good game. I mean, it was, it was sloppy a little bit and it was, it, they looked like a team that had, it had been off for a month, but all you can ask is that you have more points than the other team when the, when the clock hit zero and Cole Smith made that. So. Right. Um, yeah, the, the one thing, especially in the first half, that jumped out to me was the run defense, just because Tulsa hasn't Tulsa almost doesn't even try to run the ball. And they obviously made a concerted effort Saturday night to run the ball and ran it quite well for I would say almost three quarters. At one point their running backs had 26 carries for 160 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, that's not anything that anybody had done really to UC this year. 
And that jumped out to me and just the overall sloppiness from UC's side of things. Uh, you know, obviously the pen- the pre-snap penalties offensively were a big issue and just, you know, two fumbles inside your own, I guess, 30, 35 yard line. Right. It just, it was very apparent from that standpoint, because that was something that we had seen two years ago, but then, or last year, and then this year, it's been not really an issue at all. Like there was a little early, the first couple games. Yeah, but not even not even close to even what it was last year. And you know, that's just that to me was just not not even the not playing for a month. Like you also didn't do anything for two weeks in between there. It's not like they had a, a basically right. a fall camp between the Central Florida game and the championship game. Like they didn't do anything. And that was obvious. Um, I still think Tulsa stinks. Yep. I give I give them a little bit of credit for making it close, but there were more than a couple times that it was there to be blown out, and we just didn't jump on it. You know, you yeah, two drives back to back, first and goal from the twelve, and first and goal from the thirteen, that resulted in zero points. So, and obviously the first set, and 10 from the 12, first and 10, first and 10, right. You know, yeah. first, first and goal is, uh, that's not a, if you're, if you're at the 12, they don't make you get yes. 12, but, yards. uh, it's not like the second one would have necessarily happened if they'd have scored, but right. You go up 14 there, Zach Smith outside of again for Tulsa, just another, it's one of totally the luckiest plays I've out ever of your seen. ass play. I mean, it's one of the luckiest plays I've ever seen. Outside of that one throw, he was an abomination at yeah, quarterback. Was terrible. Terrible. So at that point, you go up 14. You know what they're going to do. And my Jay turned it on, especially in the second half, getting after him. Um, at that point, you get another stop, short field, another touchdown. You're up 21. You know, that's where that game could have gone. It didn't, but. I don't know. Like I wasn't, I was, they kept it close. I feel more because of taking advantage of some of UC's errors and just UC's ineffective offensive play for most of the game versus them actually doing something to keep it close. I give them more credit than that. Uh, Like I said, I thought their game plan was good. They took, they completely took away a lot of the crossing routes, the slants. I mean, they 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 packed the box pretty heavy. Uh, Des did hurt them some with Alec Pierce, who had a career day. Uh, I would like to have seen maybe Michael Young a little more deep over the the, the outside because they were daring UC to take shots. They were. I mean, they had their corners up and their safe. They're playing single high. Their safety. They weren't even playing single high. They he were was playing only like zero. Well, yeah, he was like only eight nine yards off the line yeah so I mean, they I was, were playing straight cover zero a lot of them. i was i was in agreement thinking like okay let's like take let's just take some shots and see what happens um 
But I, you know, I jinxed it. I, I talked about this on the BBP a little bit. I jinxed. I jinxed it with the Reeves kid. I, I disrespected him by not knowing his name last week because <laughs> he was everywhere. He was yeah. everything that Zayvon Collins was supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Reeves was all over the place. Zayvon Collins, not so much. Clearly, That's that it. clearly that game did not go into the Nagurski Award uh, consideration. <laughs> I'm not saying he shouldn't have won it anyway. He had an outstanding season. Yes. But literally, I don't – the only player – I remember him making two plays. One was his tackle Yeah. on a Dez run that basically Dez, Dez slid, and he tackled him kind of at the same time, and getting stiff-armed by Dez. Yep. I mean, I, I was – at points, I was looking around the ball expecting to see him. Like, you hardly even saw him in the play. No. I mean, you, he had one tackle and one assisted tackle. He couldn't yeah. have been anywhere around the ball or else he would have had more than that. But, I mean, not even involved in the tackle, just around the ball. Right. Like, you know, the camera's there, and usually after a tackle, there's five or six defenders mulling around. I hardly ever saw him. Like, if you would have told me before the game, without having watched him dominate this year, you would have told me before the game, keep an eye on 23. He's the best defensive player in the country, the best linebacker in the country. And I walked away from that game. I would have went 11 was way better than him. He wasn't the best linebacker on his own team Saturday right. night, <laughs> I know. let alone on the field <laughs> for either team, let alone right. in the country. He had a rough night. The, the question of, AAC Offensive Player of the Year or AAC Defensive Player of the Year was decidedly won by Desmond Ritter. Oh, I mean, that's kind of the way of college football anymore. So, yeah. Um, overall, though, I mean, defense, it's tough when you lose Wiggins right away. And I, that's something I picked up on uh, in the pregame before I got kicked off the field. Uh, <laughs> sons of they had to have known it was me, right? The Americans saw my name, saw Bearcat Journal, and they were like, nope. Oh, for sure. No chance. Absolutely not. Um, but he, he wasn't moving right. You could tell. And I, I got to ask somebody right before uh, the team ran out of the tunnel, is he all right? And they're like, eh, lower leg. He's going to give it a go. And you could tell almost right away, he just he wasn't James Wiggins. Hopefully that is something that is cleared up. Now I, I I thought they were fine with Hicks and Cook filling in, uh, but you would like to have have had Wig in there, most certainly uh, to get some some more production from that safety spot, especially the way they were running the ball. But I mean I get where you're coming from. There were definitely opportunities, but I, I give credit to Tulsa. They that they've muddied it up all year. They've they've had teams have a chance to put them away and they haven't been able to knock them out and they kind of just rope a dope and, and you feel like you should be beating them by more. And the, the thing I probably give them the most credit for, they're pretty good at taking advantage of your mistakes. Like that's their bread and butter, right? Yeah. They don't create a lot for themselves in terms of splash plays and opportunity, but if you screw up, they will make you pay for it. And well, I mean, that's, that's who they are. They had one. I mean, what they scored a touchdown after the one fumble. Yeah. They missed the field goal after the other. 
they had a touchdown drive thanks to the you know lucky whatever fortunate catch and then i guess they had another touchdown drive somewhere in there but like the, they the, didn't... the one in the, i guess third quarter where they just third at beginning of the third quarter where they broke two big runs yeah that was a field position they got it at their own 45 or whatever and yeah they yeah i mean they just there's not a lot there offensively but they in every other game they've just been able to hang in there and then all of a sudden you know throw a hail mary or have the officials hand them a game right so i mean i don't have a ton else to say about it i mean des was was really good no, I, you know, I thought they, even, even with uh, stacking the box, I thought they're especially in the first half, their defensive line gave UC as much problems as any. Yeah, buddy had player was year. player was really good. Yeah, I mean he's 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 good. You know, um, which. Is con- a little concerning going up against Georgia, but they don't run the same defense, so who knows? Right. But no, I mean, it, I, I, you and I have both talked about this and getting what we thought was close to the playoff and what turned out to really be not close, and then the whole, you know, uproar over the rankings. I don't want for me personally, it doesn't overshadow any of the season. Like the goal was to win all the games and win the conference championship. All that other stuff was, was as much or more dependent on what other teams did. You can only control, you know, win all your games and then see what happens. So I I mean, unfortunately, you know, with the pandemic and everything, I hope it doesn't get like not forgotten, but like this, these guys were awesome, had an awesome season. It's, it needs to be, it needs to be remembered that way and not be looked at as like, yeah, they were really good, but they should have been sixth instead of eighth. Like who cares? Yeah. What we, I mean, that's the ultimate thing for me. What we, it didn't matter if they got to five. No, they were never going to get to five. They weren't getting to five. It doesn't matter if they got to five. They weren't getting to four. Four was set weeks ago. Oh, yeah. When the ACC rearranged their schedule to make sure that that Clemson and Notre Dame would just advance to the championship, that was it. It was a wrap. Those were the four teams. So at four or five, six, seven, eight, ultimately it didn't matter. Just, you know. Take your your New Year's Six Bowl, take your top ten, go beat Georgia. Have yourself a year, because that's what we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen it finished in a New Year's Day Bowl, right? Oh eight, no nine. They didn't finish for lots of reasons, but they didn't finish. Go finish. You go finish. You get to go down as the greatest team in UC football history. But you got to finish to get that right. I'm not um, handing it to you. I mean, it's what, automatic. They, if what I'm saying is, do it's they just not have to get beat 52 to 24 in the Peach Bowl for you know? Well, I mean, the Virginia Tech game was close. 
<laughs> not really. We were up seven nothing and didn't sniff the end zone the rest of the game. Well, that's because Tony kept throwing it to the other team. Yeah, by Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, yeah. I I think all parts taken into account that this is the best. I mean, I, I, I can't compare them to, like, the Sid Gilman teams or whatever. Right. But modern era, my lifetime, since they've been trying to be good at football, um, which, you know, people know that, that wasn't always the case, I, I think this is the best team in program history. Right, but I'm saying you beat Georgia, there's no well, more. Oh, yeah, but I'm, the, saying the argument is over. I'm saying it doesn't matter to me. Like, that game – doesn't change the argument one way or the other well but i guess you're being you're 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 semanticing me here <laughs> other people right now would pick 2009 there are people who would pick other 2009. people are wrong okay but if they win <laughs> if they beat georgia well, yes of course there's no argument there's no there's no debate right um yeah i mean that's that's about all i've got on Tulsa. so we've talked about it you know at length over the past couple of days since it happened. Um, it was awesome. It was, it was, it was good to see those guys get a championship. They, you this could, has you been, could see like at the end of the game when they won, they could not have cared any less about everything. What the polls yeah. were going to say the next day. Like you, it's just not a goal that you make. Like this is the goal. We were in the championship last year and we lost. The goal is to win the championship. Correct. And they did. Yeah. Can't take that away from them. Ever, ever, no. ever. No. They get a nice shiny trophy to put in the trophy case. And you got to see exactly at the end of the game how much it meant to them. Just the Des interview itself. Oh, for sure. Like that kid left it all out there. <clears throat> um, let's uh, Let's move forward a little bit. This is... We didn't really plan this, so I don't know where it's going to go. We, we, we talked about it, as we normally do, for about two seconds before I hit record. Let's go back over 2020, your favorite moments, some things that, that stand out to you as we look back over what is a, an interesting <laughs> previous 12 months. Number one story of 2020, Luke stays, right? That's, that's well, yeah. the topper. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, we've been here before. We've been through year three before. Yeah, we never hadn't gotten to year four yet. And well, we did. We got yeah through year four with the last guy. (laughs) That that the wrong way. That was going the wrong way, Dave. Uh, did I mean when you look back at that, are you ultimately surprised he stayed? Or just because of the, the the mess that was Michigan State at the time, like it um, made it. What I guess here's the question: Would it have been different if if Michigan State would have come calling in December? Maybe. Would it have been different if there wasn't a pandemic? At the time, there wasn't a pandemic. It was early February. February. You knew what you knew. Shit was going on globally. Yeah, but you didn't know the whole country was going to be shut down. No. And, I mean, there was still a lot in February that that uh, 
we didn't know what March was going to be like. I think. I de- is a, yeah, is I mean, I definitely think if it's yeah, if it's two weeks before the first signing day and not the week of the second signing day, who knows? Yeah. I mean, and they had a pretty big second signing day. Yeah. This I mean, time I, around, I can't really say one way or the other. I don't know. I mean, if it's a quote unquote normal, like if, if D'Antonio is not retiring, is he not retiring? Is he getting forced out? Is he staying to collect a, a, bo- a, contract, bonus. a bonus because of a certain, like if, if it's just a normal firing, like, Hey, thanks Mark. Like you've had a great career here. Michigan State plays their last game. We're going in a different direction. Around the you know third week of November, we let him go that Sunday or Monday. It's still three weeks until signing day. Who knows? Yeah. So Luke stays. That's uh, I think that's easily the number one story of 2020 for the for the Bearcats outside of. Is it a bigger story than nine and zero undefeated AAC champs? Um, no, you don't think. Are they nine and zero undefeated AAC champs if Luke doesn't stay? I don't know, but I'm. I guess I'm always just going to side with what the players do on the field and doing something for the first time, doing having an undefeated regular season for only the second time. I don't know if it happens if he doesn't stay, but I, I, that's like the whole, that's several months of, of actual football. To me, that's, that's bigger than a coach deciding to stay versus leave. I think, I think I still keep Luke staying at number one. Cause I think the message it sends for the overall health of the program is pretty well, big. Yeah. So I, I think I would still go Luke at number one and then undefeated regular season AAC and conference uh, championship winner would be number two. What, what would you have at number three? I don't know. I mean, then you kind of get into like moments and yeah. I would say the two, two that probably stick out to me the most was um, Dez's run against SMU, the kind of, the 91 yarder sealed, yeah, sealed that game. And I think was the attention grabber of like, Oh, this team might be like for this team might be for real. This team might be turned a corner that was coming off of the USF game where there was a lot of questions plus a cancellation of the Tulsa games. So you had what three weeks off that time. 21 days, yeah. And then the other thing that uh, that jumps out is just that last drive against UCF where they just big boyed him four minutes, 27 seconds down the field. Like, you're not stopping us from running the ball here. I'd, I'd also add the, the Alec Pierce touchdown at the beginning of Memphis. Yeah. Where that was like, look, we're, we're coming for our lunch money back, right? You got us last year, congratulations, uh, but but you're in our house now. I think that was a big one too. You know what I'd go with is kind of a under the radar. I'd go with the golden ticket event. 
Oh, for I mean, that's that's definitely somewhere in. I don't know if it's in my top five. It would definitely be in my top ten. I mean, that's to be able to looking back hindsight. Yeah. To be able to get that in before all this crap happened. I mean, that's a huge, huge reason why that. I mean, with all the crap happening, who knows? It might have still turned out this way because guys couldn't right. have gone anywhere else, and they still probably would have felt most comfortable with UC. Um, but having that go in their favor definitely was a I would guess a huge deciding factor I mean all the coaches have talked about it like we we talked to the recruits like when things get rough who do you trust yep and nobody had been able to build up any amount of trust with those kids except you see because of being able to recruit them earlier because of being local and then getting that event in and then you add, I mean, it wasn't exactly that event, but you had Miles Montgomery coming up uh, that last, basically that last weekend before the lockdown. Yeah. And getting, you know, committing, getting to see the campus, getting to see everything, being able to hold on to him with a lot of others sniffing around. Well, sure. He was I mean, probably, that's... he would be the one I would guess probably had the most uh, interest. That's where down you, the stretch. you would, uh, worry a bit is while they built up trust with the local kids you just kind of assume that anybody from out of state is gonna maybe you know when when it really gets down to nut crunching time they're like i'm i just want to stay here like i don't know i haven't i haven't even been up there i don't know any yeah and that didn't happen but he had been up here well, I'm saying, like in general, yeah. anybody yeah, out of state kids, you would think that that would go that so way. So that that formed the the foundation of that 2021 class that was just signed. So I would I would have that up there. I would probably have a top five, just because it solidified them with really all. I mean, they didn't they didn't go after Larkins, but everybody else but but Devonte Smith ended up coming to Cincinnati and Corleone was there, uh, but he had already committed at that time. So that was eight. They had 10 kids, eight of them become Bearcats. That's, that's a pretty good 80%. is a pretty good hit rate, Dave. Oh, in <laughs> good hit rate. In they, recruiting, have a, they have a pretty good, I mean, on the kids that they truly put the effort into, they don't get beat out very often. Correct. Very. And if they do, the kid ends up somewhere pretty large. Oh, LSU, yeah. Ohio State, Alabama, places like that. Um, I don't know. Anything else jump out at you over the past past year? Storylines. How about the 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 emergence of uh, the recruiting department led by Chad Bowden as like a uh, <laughs> a thing? I, I haven't seen anybody else's recruiting department in the country step in front of the camera and do the stuff that those guys. No, have done I mean, from, there's, I mean, they're, not just the signing day stuff, but like the, uh, the, the, the in-game visits, right? Like the, the, the virtual visits, mm-hmm. they, uh, they've taken that whole concept to a different level. They get a lot of credit there and, and, and shark Kelsey Sharkey, of course. Oh yeah, it's 
she has to they have to drive her absolutely nuts because <laughs> they are constant oh i'm sure the ideas flowing through that group that room are constant i, I mean that's in my opinion though with stuff like that there's like literally no bad idea right some kid is gonna think it's awesome right like it's like yeah just sure why not you're you're sending this out to ha countless countless people somebody's gonna like it how about the uh the turnaround of the offense just in general we've talked a lot about des but revamp completely revamping the the wide receiver room the way they did uh losing josiah deguara and then probably getting better at tight end i mean i don't that's not a slight at josiah but i think they just got deeper more, more versatile more, deep deeper yeah. i mean he was kind of a for for the most part last year he was kind of a you know a one one trick pony one one guy well bruno uh, played a lot but it was he was an extra lineman right you just got you're you're just different now with josh and lenny and bruno right so little cam jones mixed well, in I mean, from time to time just think about it last year Last year, they needed to block an extra point and run it back for a two-point conversion to beat Temple. Yep. They needed to make, you know, a field goal at the gun to beat a terrible USF team. I think, what, we scored 20 points? 23 points? They needed a miracle. And the offense was good that day. The ECU was a defense problem. Right. For the most part. But that shouldn't have been close um and then this year just as a whole they averaged 39.3 points a game which was good i think for 15th or 16th nationally in points per game and they by pretty much any analytic metric i don't really go at raw numbers like totally they use total yards to from to total as total offense, I don't understand that. Um, like the NCAA stat keeping, you game. don't you don't get points for yards. So, but they're top fifteen in offensive efficiency, total. You know, to go from what we saw last year to a full see, I mean, it's a full season for them. I mean, it's not a full yeah. season compared to every other year, but hey, this was a full season, nine games. Um, is an insane jump when you really think about it. Absolutely. Credit to Daz. Credit to them. Credit. That's one thing I re respect about Luke and, and staff is, look, they knew that wide receiver room wasn't good enough. They knew they weren't getting what they wanted this year if they came back with that same wide receiver group. And if really you look at it, thank God they did because Alec Pierce wasn't there to save them the first four games of the year. Right. Three games of the year. So, and, and then he was out again. So it was, it was desperately needed and you're starting to, you know, Jaden Thompson, Tyler Scott, you're starting to see some of those younger guys find their way in. They could be deadly next year outside. Yeah. There's a, you know, depending on what James Hudson decides to do, the offense should 
be able to at least duplicate, you know, what they did this year. At least. Um, I don't look at much of the American and think their defenses are getting better. No, no, they're not. I mean, my, my opinion, I'm trying to, I've been probably too hard on the conference and not taking the pandemic enough into account. So I'm, I'm going to maybe relax some of my opinions on the other teams as a whole until maybe after next year or in the middle of next year. But I don't love a lot of what is going on inside the league. Um, I don't either. Especially a year ago, we're talking this league's ready to take off, right? Yeah. Memphis and Cincinnati and UCF and – uh, you're looking around at the league and thinking league's in a pretty good place. I mean, some teams had some decent records, but is that just because they beat crappy teams and then lost a game they shouldn't have lost and then lost to UC and maybe one other, like Memphis is like seven and three. Does anyone think they're good? I don't No, I got, did you hear the, I got yelled at today on the radio by who, who uh, yelled some, at you? a caller who said I was, I was, we were talking about last night and perception in the American conference and how important that is for Cincinnati. And it's important that UCF doesn't get completely face stomped by BYU. Cause that looks bad. Yeah. And he called in and told me that I was, I was being mean. Uh, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't trash the American conference like that. And then he told me I, the, the only teams that really matter in college football are Ohio state Clemson and Alabama. And I should only talk about them. And I made the point that if you're eliminating 130 teams for me to talk about, filling three hours of a talk show gets to be pretty difficult. I could talk about (laughs) one on Monday, one on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I I don't really give a rip about bowl games, but at the same time, I don't either, but you can't get killed. Like UCF got killed. Right. You can't, Like, because that game, of the games that really don't matter, that's like that. That was like the top one that anybody would would pay attention to. Right, and it was turn off by halftime. And you can't get dog walked in the first twenty minutes and think that people aren't going to go have transitive property effect and go. This team only lost to UC by three. And we're supposed to think that they were good enough to go to the playoff. Right. Um, but like you said, they had like nine starting, like their defense is no, nowhere near what it should have been, but still like they got rolled. BYU is pulling out shit that you practice in fall practice. And they're like, let's yeah. see if this works. And, and, and throwing to guys that are wide open down the sideline and everything. I mean, like it was ugly. I mean, it I'm telling you ugly. I need them to be a little bit better so that they don't fire Hypo. Because I've been on this one since day one, and yeah. every year he makes me look smarter and smarter. Yeah. And their fa- the thing is, their fans are starting to catch on. Yeah, that's bad. They ain't happy. It's bad. They have pro- they have gotten progressively worse three years in a row. Four losses this year. Six and four. Dylan Gabriel isn't that good. No. Those for a lot of yards. 
Because there's a lot of crappy defenses for him to throw against. Yeah, but when there's actual defenders, he's a 50% guy. Mm-hmm. He's hit or miss. Um, Berg is coming here in about 15 minutes. We'll get some basketball in. Uh, you wanted to talk about Dez and the Ring of Honor. Yes, I did. Have at it. So, I had this thought the other day, and it was funny that UC put out a tweet that did some work for me. We were Gino threw for a lot of yards. A lot. He's, he's not catching Gino as the the yards no, passing yardage leader. Unless we go full air raid next year, I don't think he could catch him. No, that. he's he's five thousand yards behind. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was just thinking, like, okay, if Des does what he did this year, over relatively speaking over 12 games where would that put him as far as uh all time and then if you say say they go say they lose twice they go to the conference championship and they go to a bowl game so they play 14 games he would finish his career with 42 wins and six losses that's that seems good which would be 17 wins more than the next closest person in wins and the same number of losses as that person. Gene Rossi, 1950 to 52, started 32 games and went 25-6-1. Stez's winning percentage is 88.2%. I don't know if they if both stats count. I know at one time they did or didn't, and then it got changed, so... Forgive me on that one, but he's only 136 yards away from second place in career passing yards. He's going to end up second. Right. He might end up second by, by, by the end of January 1st. Right. He's, he has now won Rookie of the Year in the conference, Offensive Player of the Year. He's been first-team all-conference, Player of the Week this year four times, most outstanding player in the conference championship game. He is a semifinalist for the Davey O'Brien Award, a finalist for the Manning Award, and a semifinalist for the Maxwell Award. He has one, two, three, four, five, six of the highest uh, rushing yard games ever for a quarterback in UC history out of, looks like roughly like 15. I don't think... Assuming full health, a solid team, I don't think there's any way he's not in the ring of honor. He's, the, he's already the most decorated quarterback in school history. Yeah. For as much for as the yards and everything that Gina did, he didn't he wasn't getting national award recognition. He probably should have. Dur- during the same time as Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask. Like, he's getting semifinalists and finalist awards with, when there are other very, very good quarterbacks in college football. Yeah. Do you, do you care about the supposed All-American uh, rule? Or that was tossed out with Shaq Washington, so who cares? Yeah. Put that up there. It should – whether you are recognized 
as a national All-American should have absolutely zero bearing on your place in your program's history. True. Like, that's the thing I've never understood. Why does it matter if you've won a national award if what you've done at your program is so easily far and above what anybody else has ever done. Like who cares then? Like that's the whole thing with the basketball thing. I don't understand. The basketball thing I think is Oscar motivated. He didn't want anybody up there with him that, that wasn't of his quality. He's one of the five best basketball players in the history of the sport. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You think those are just going to, all those dudes are just going to keep coming to UC? <laughs> like, right. Literally, all, people argue if he's the best point guard in the history of the game of basketball. Right. So, Magic and then and him. Oscar. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's my whole thing is like, I don't really, because like, so you're telling me that Trevor Lawrence gets all American and Des can't go in the ring of honor because he didn't beat out Trevor Lawrence for all American. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though he's, I'm not going to say best, but most decorated, most accomplished quarterback to ever play at UC. Yeah. When you take in winning, when you take in stats, obviously stats are different by era, but winning awards, championships, like, I don't know how it's really debatable. And people people wanted him benched two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, you know, Uh, I I say, put him in. I say he's, he's meant as much to the program as anybody on that wall. Right. Well, yeah. Especially considering he's the quarterback of the team that might honestly be the driving force in how the sport is changed moving forward. And he pulled them out of two, four and eight seasons, back to back four and eight seasons. Yeah. When he took over. So he changed the the history of the course of the program. I think that belongs on the wall. Yeah. I mean, if he, I'm in it, I'm in. They go 12 and just say 12 and two next year. Uh Uh-huh. He will have started 48 games and gone 42 and six as a starter. Yep. Like that's insane. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty damn good. Eight starts. Next closest is the Gene Rossi at 32. So he's started over a full season more than the next closest person. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Last thing before we get to Berg, <clears throat> talk some basketball. I brought this up yesterday on Cincy 360. Uh, you wanted to talk about it a little more today, expand on it a little more. Win-win, lose-lose. Like, is this a win-win for Cincinnati? No matter what they do, they're in their New Year's Six game. They get a chance to prove themselves. Is it a lose-lose in that they've got to win? And if they do win it'll be dismissed as Georgia didn't have all their guys and the SEC, they didn't care. They didn't want to win the game. Where, where does this sit for you um, in terms of the pressure that's, that's for me, it is a win-win because getting there is the 
is the only thing that matters when it comes to recruiting. Because no, I would say winning does matter. If you win, it helps. But if you lose, I don't think it has a negative effect. Right. Because who's going to go, oh, yeah, they went, but they lost. Like if a, another team that they're recruiting against and you see, just go, where the hell were you? Like you right. weren't playing in the game. Like <clears throat> and the other thing is they don't really recruit against anybody in their own conference, which is very, very strange. <laughs> um it's part of not having anybody within 500 right. miles in the conference. So, and then the other factor is listening to Kirby Smart. They are not going to, the media might try to push the, that narrative of they didn't care. That is not the narrative coming out of Georgia. Because two years ago, when they got whacked by Texas, he even admitted we had dudes that didn't want to be there. Yeah, and, and last year against Baylor, he told the team around this time, you know, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. Go, deal, take, leave, go do your NFL stuff. That's fine. So last year they played pretty well against Baylor and won because he said we had guys that actually wanted to, to play. So I'm assuming he's going to, you know, they're doing that same thing again. So. They might have a bunch of opt-outs, but all the guys there are going to want to play. Yes. So I just don't – and maybe I'm not – like people are like, oh, the committee or whatever will be like, see, we told you. They already don't care about UC. They already could not have a lower opinion. So if they lost to Georgia, it's going to get worse? Right. I'm with you. I mean, obviously, I want to win. Obviously, I don't want to get blown out. But, like, I just – like, the playoff has – it has diminished even the New Year's Six games to the point of, like, that's great. You won. Or that's that sucks. You lost. But it's not, it's not anywhere like it used to be. There's just not the level of – of give a rip at least for me especially this year when there's a when you it's not a bull experience at all it's basically an, an extra just an extra game road game right <laughs> i feel you what is are, are you in agreement yeah that's where i had it yesterday on the show i had it as a win-win i mean i understand the lose-lose sentiment in that like they they will pull that. It will be we if Cincinnati wins. Yeah, but so the, we had nine guys opt out. And that would have been that's from people. That mentality is from people that I, I say this nicely, but I don't care what like their opinion does not matter at all. No, I mean that's that's fair. I'm just saying it'll. It's good. That's what what the the line will be we know that um just go in the game it's gonna be tough they're good they're good they're 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 a different team with jt daniels at quarterback now he's also very immobile and they already have at least one offensive lineman that has 
opted out. So we'll see how that maybe their best offensive lineman. Yeah, Ben Cleveland. Um, and the other area where they would be concerned is their def- their whole defensive starting backfield might be opting out. They have, haven't they? Well, I don't know. I haven't kept track the last few days. I mean, Eric Stokes is a fantastic <clears throat> corner. He was up for – might win. I don't know. He's up for all the awards. Um, but, uh, but they still have good players behind these guys. It's not like they've got a bunch of walk-ons or something. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> but, no, it'll be – but that's what we want, right? We want we want a team that either all their guys play, or if they do have opt-outs, which I don't blame those guys one darn bit. All the stuff they've had to go through, if they, if they don't want to play anymore and they want to get ready for the NFL, fine. But then, as Kirby said, that if you're here, you're all in for this game. Opt-outs. Mark Webb, Monty Rice, Aziz, Olajari. Richard LeCount, Eric all, Stokes. Richard LeCount is awesome, but he hasn't really played since the motorcycle accident midway through the season. Eric Stokes, DJ Daniel. Those are their two starting corners, right? I know Stokes is. I'm not sure if Daniel is. is. Um, Trey McKitty, tight end, Ben Cleveland, offensive lineman. They had a couple guys in the transfer portal. And then their center is injured, Trey Hill. Uh, defensive tackle Julian Rochester is injured, yeah. and then Jermaine Johnson, uh, outside linebacker, and Notori Johnson, an offensive lineman, are in the transfer portal. Yeah. So, so that's where that's where George is at. But yeah. yeah. Um. And we'll see if that's all. I think that should be. I mean, we should, I think we would know by now. At this point, yeah, you're I mean, you're on a break for Christmas, and then you're practicing. Are you practicing? Do you worry about right that? Now? What? Do you worry about that? What? That he's sending the team home for Christmas? Not really. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've seen what happens here when guys have gone home for yeah even a brief period of time you know i i don't have a problem with it if there's more important things if there is. i'm means- not no i mean i'm not i'm not criticizing it right i'm just saying it concerns me a little hi berg just gotta get the, the ears in what's up buddy nice brick adam kunkel <laughs> here give me a second here i've got something i don't want to celebrate that right now okay <laughs> that's where that's where we're at that's we're not where even we're, to, we're not even to christmas yet and berg is celebrating other teams losing their first game of the year <laughs> you got to celebrate something in this basketball season <laughs> oh boy you got anything else dave no i'm just saying again very glad Justin is with us because I watched zero dribbles of the game yesterday and apparently didn't miss anything. So. Yep. Accurate statement. All right. Well, Dave, you I'll have just a wonderful. Ask, I'll just, I'll ask the first question to Berg. What is, what is the most alarming thing to you through seven games? Man, I'm going to take over this whole show. I can't decide if it is, the um 
really, really awful crunch time play, or if it's the, all of the stuff they give up by being undisciplined throughout the entire rest of like the other 36 minutes, I, I'm really, I can't decide which is bothering me the most. <laughs> um, other, than that, how, other than that, how was the play miss Lincoln? <laughs> yeah. I said to, I said to Chad the other day, I was like, these guys do three of the things that I hate the most as a basketball fan. They turn it over, they don't rebound, they don't play defense. But other than that, they're awesome. Yeah. Well, they also foul really, really I, well. I left it at three. I mean, I could keep going, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you, you think that they don't play defense, but then you look at their offensive efficiency numbers and they're like 200th. So, I mean, what do they do <laughs> besides foul? <laughs> And turn it over. Oh yeah, they do that too. Do we do we play anybody that actually presses this year? Probably. Uh, Could we have a thirty turnover game? <laughs> I mean Georgia, like twenty six or twenty four or whatever they it was. Press? They don't, Dude, don't press press, but they 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 ball pressure. So fifteen turnovers and a half, and you're tied thirty five thirty five. It's just like you look at these like the team stats at half, where it's like oh you see he's out rebounding them by ten. And, and it's like, and they're shooting way better than them. And it's like, it's tied because they keep giving them the ball back without shooting it. <laughs> if, oh, I, if I sat on Berg's shoulders, could I have put more stats in the book than vote against UCF? Probably not. <laughs> I think if Berg sat on your shoulders. Yeah, there you may, go. Maybe. Okay. Hey, um, let me have, I got one football thing before you go, Dave. Yes. I know you guys have spent an hour on this. Um, I, my stance on the committee thing and the ranking thing and all the stuff that's been flaming yeah. on Twitter and however long. Uh, here's your chance, Bearcats. You're playing Georgia. If you want to build your brand more to where people actually take you seriously, beat them, then they won't just be able to leave you out of all this stuff down, down the road. So here it is, do it. And then the next time you're in this situation, they'll be like, Hey, Cincinnati can win one of these bowl games. Let's keep them you, where they are. You would think that winning games would actually help, but this year it has been proven to not be as big of a factor as we once thought. Oh yeah. Winning games. I'm saying winning games over teams that people, actually care about that's just the same thing with the basketball team they're in the same spot being the aac that's just the way it works but i loved watching them the other night against tulsa i haven't watched much this year i was very impressed and i really enjoy watching this team play i'm very proud of all of them and i would love for them to beat georgia so the national media will be like eh, cincinnati i mean I just, remember when they I beat just georgia? Want them to beat georgia because they are easily the fan base that I and we at Tennessee when I was there hated the most. Well, that's one reason. And also to erase the memories of when UC played Florida in that Sugar Bowl. Because that was like the last time they were on they were in one of those games and it didn't didn't really go that well. How about erasing the memory of UC playing Georgia last week? <laughs> yeah. Well, no one saw that one though. I didn't need to. I have it on record. How, not, how nice? Not you haven't watch watched it. it yet? Yeah. No. You, yeah. You don't want to watch. How it. nice no. of a really Christmas bad. present? How nice of a Christmas present is John Brandon getting Luke Fickle <laughs> for helping yeah, really. for these last couple of weeks, like helping 
kind of gloss over the fact that uh, yeah, a lot of people have, have missed some games that they normally wouldn't have missed. What do you think you would get him? You said how big, but like what specifically would Coach Brandon give Luke Fickle? Um, Box of condoms? <laughs> yeah, that was know, that was uncalled for. I yeah. I mean, hey, you're the host though. This is your show. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's anybody that's gonna take heat, it's gonna be me. But that was funny. Whatever. Yeah. Some, something what? very nice. At least an edible arrangement. Yeah, really. That's that's good. Something thoughtful. A cookie cake saying yeah. thank you. Cookie you cake. Know. Oh you're man, those are so underrated. No one gives those best. cookie cakes anymore. Where have those yeah. been? God, they're so good. Well, with, can't go to malls, so you can't get them at the little thing in the Pecan, middle of the yeah. mall. So you, you, it doesn't sound. I think I'm sure Insomnia Cookie does cookie cakes. Cookie cookie cake oh. uh, industry's taking a huge hit because of the pandemic. Hey Dave, let me ask you one more thing before you go. Um, yeah. You have is it you have a son? Is that your I do okay? So um, does your son ever give you the Mick Cronin face when he's about to cry? Do you ever ever like looked at it and called it that? <laughs> <laughs> no, because no. my dad has been calling it that for both my kids. Like when they're like, like this, like when no, Mick got really uh, mad. Remember when he would make that face with his chin up, kind of yes. like that thing. He's in, like he's my dad's like, uh oh, uh, he's giving he's giving you the Cronin, <laughs> like the Cronin lift. Luckily, uh, we don't looks have like to, it. Don't have to. How's that? That very much. Um, but the <laughs> new thing is when he gets mad, he like gets on all fours and puts his face into the ground. Mm. So I wouldn't be able to see it, even if he did. But okay, thankfully, my two-year-old likes to bang her head on the hard floor. That's something my two-year-old would do, and she's frustrated. So that's a fun one. He's been uh, he is a a good one so, so far. Yeah. So we have not okay. had to have. Just uh, look out for the Cronin. That's when they're about to cry. You better do something. They're like they're, they're giving you like that last warning. Like you better do something to help me here, or else I'm gonna let it rip. Yeah. Here, here's my rendition. <laughs> yeah. I was looking lip, forward like to watching over. them today, yeah. but their game got canceled because the officials failed COVID tests. I said this on what? the radio. I'm surprised we haven't seen that more. As much hmm. as those guys travel yeah. from game to game and as many games as they call, I'm surprised we haven't seen more officials. Their game was uh, supposed to be at like 3 o'clock. They were playing yeah. uh, Oregon. I Oregon. Yep. Check it out. But hmm. No such luck. I was I was busy. Oh, here's hosting. a question for Berg. Yeah, yeah, you were on the radio three I hours. Was. The, the football team has won nine games, has a oh chance boy. to win ten. <laughs> Here we go. Will that be more than the basketball team wins this year? Regular season, not counting like conference tournament. Uh, part of me wants to say probably. They have eighteen games left. Yeah. Can I... they win eight of them? Yes. Now, they would need to win nine if. UC beat Georgia. So can they go nine and nine the rest of the way? I'll tell you this. If I did bet on them doing it, I would, I would be nervous. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I yeah. Because think about it. Like last year, all those close games that Jaron and Trey were able to help them win. They don't have those guys now. And if there's any close games, they have nowhere to go. Well, who on said either gonna, side of the who ball. Who said there's going to be any close games? They've all been close they're, games. They're, yeah, yeah, most of them will <laughs> Until be. Until the end. Yeah. In this conference, it's you can't pull away in this league. No, no one. I don't. Outside of Houston, is anyone actually good? Well, no, they're not good. I mean, but they're good enough to beat UC's two no, teams saying, so far. Like, so you're gonna I mean, be UCF. In, you're going to be UCF's in a lot of good. games, but that doesn't. Yeah. They're all going to be toss-ups. Like 
we might think we're bad right now, but that so is everybody else except for Houston. Well, I agree with that. Yeah, there you go. So they'll have a chance at least. I would, I would take the under, based on what I've seen. Okay, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Brandon and the kids a little more credit, and I will take the over. I will say that they will be twelve and thirteen going into the conference tournament, which probably won't happen. Yeah, well, <laughs> they got they're making that money this year, bro. <laughs> like they got that brand new arena that still hasn't that's been right, used. They, lost, they, they, right, they better they have a last. tournament. Yeah, I forgot they didn't play it last year, so you're right. They making that money this year, brother. Count yeah, on that. And if, and if you're disqualified, you're disqualified. And yeah, you're next, out. Next out. team up. Next team up. Yeah. Right. All right. Boys. No doubt about that. Well, you have fun uh, talking hoops for however long you feel that that's necessary. I will uh, see you later. <laughs> we should be done here in now uh, seven, eight minutes tops. Yeah. Have a good night, Mr. Simone. <laughs> All right, boys. Thanks, Dave. Have a good Thank Christmas. You. you too. Merry talk Christmas. See you next week. I'll talk to him probably tomorrow. Because he calls me whenever he's in his car. Uh, that's that's when Dave and I talk. When Dave's driving to pick up his kid from daycare, and he wants Used to talk to be, about like the backup yeah, left guard and if he's whatever. healthy, yeah, whatever's okay. on his mind, whatever, right. whatever, whatever upsets either him and I on Twitter that day, or um, we we get our quality chat in as he's going to pick up the little one from daycare every day. Okay. Used to be when he was driving home from work, but nobody does that anymore. That's true. Except for me. <laughs> I do it. Well, you you drive all around. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I mean, look, I, it, it's pretty simple to me, Berg. This team doesn't have a guy. They don't have a dude. If they had a dude, if they had a dude, they'd probably be four and three or something. That's not to say that they're good. It's to say that they would be better than they have been, or they'd be three and four or four and three or five and two, somewhere in there. But they don't have a dude. They don't have the guy that you just say, get us home, get us to the finish line. Uh, all of the other stuff aside, all Berg, they had 15 turnovers and 16 fouls in the first half yesterday, and they were tied at halftime. Yeah, the, nothing makes sense about how the score of the game works with, with what the stats say. Nothing. nothing. Never, never does it. I, no, every time I, I look at, this, at that, like the, the team stats at half, I'm like, what? How does this, this doesn't make sense. I was looking at it last night after the game and looking at some of the analytics and uh, none of it makes any sense. I mean, it, it just doesn't. The only this team thing, is, yeah. Well, here's the crazy part, right? 15 turnovers, 16 fouls tied at halftime. Four turnovers, nine fouls, two of which in the final minute, the final 30 seconds, they lose. Yeah. What? What? They cleaned the only, up both. Yeah. They didn't foul. They didn't turn it over. And instead, UCF shot 53% from the floor and 57% from three. Mm-hmm. And, and almost, three or four, ex- yeah. almost exclusively off the dribble, stationary, one bounce, one insignificant bounce, and Brandon Mayhan just putting it in somebody's eye that's standing right in front of him. Yeah. Well, also, in the last two and a half minutes, Keith missed like a three-footer in the lane, and then later on, UC gave up that offensive rebound. That was two points. There's there's your four points. They lost yep. by four.
So you you can you can keep doing it and just they continue to five. do it. Yeah. Oh, they did. I thought it was four. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Seventy-five, Same. seventy. Okay. Whatever. Same difference. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It's still an L. Um, I was. I kind of came up with a uh, a defensive idea today that I think that oh, really okay. that this that this team could try. Now, as we know, they have some slow, tall people that aren't much of a shot blocker, and they're not able to guard on the perimeter. Um, as we also know, teams have been just straight line driving them to the hole with no resistance a lot. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this team, and, and you mentioned this last week, not a lot of good shooters in this league. Most teams have one, maybe two sharp shooters. South or Central Florida had two last UCF night. Might, UCF might be the best three-point yeah. shooting team they'll see as, as they've got one isolation pull-up three-point shooter and then one stationary like the green kid gets it off in a blink right. for them. So so if you're playing a team that has one of those guys, you box in one that guy, you have your two big guys or your two slowest guys on the blocks and you tell them they are not leaving the paint. I don't care. You have your other two guards on the perimeter just trying to help and recover on the and, and try to stay in front of people, keep them out of the paint. <clears throat> then you just you just have the, the the and one guy just chasing that three-point shooter around, running him off the line. And if you give up three-pointers to other guys on the team, who cares? I'd rather they take 48 wide-open three-pointers than anyone else driving to the god-darn basket and laying it in, and no one does anything about it. No one takes a charge. That way, there's two guys in front of the basket always. So if anyone does drive, you know, at least they can kind of try to do something to deter the shot. And uh, and then if you have a team like last night, you do a triangle and two. And you just chase those, chase Darren Green and Mahan around. And, yeah, Mahan's going to put you in the spin cycle and, and cook and do his thing sometimes. But he'll also do that in brick some, too. He didn't um, last night. No, he didn't. <laughs> Five or six. But, yeah. Yeah. So, but I just think. You got to do anything possible to stop because beyond what he did, there were so many times where guys just drove to the basket and scored, drove to the yeah. basket and scored, or drove to the basket, missed it, and put it back in and scored. It was like, geez, just at least make them have some difficult types of far away shots. So in this league, I feel like you could do that. I don't know why there's so much man to man being played with this team. I don't understand it. I know, understand what you said about that coach Brandon. That's his thing. He likes the pressure D. He feels like if you can get, you know, some some deflections and stuff and you can get out in transition and that'll help. Um, they'll get beat back door so much doing that, um, especially with the young defenders. It's I just feel like it's just that they give up way too much easy stuff on that end. So let's just stop doing that and make people shoot long shots. Here's, here's my, my question. Here's my question. Are you already at the point where this is like a long-term thing? And if the long term thing is the roster development, dealing oh. with all the young guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am. Um, okay. So don't you want them to learn how to play his defense like long term? I guess that's a good point. I mean, I think he's been sprinkling in the zone a def- decent amount, right? Like maybe not as much as we'd like for him to be doing per se, but we've seen it a decent amount. We've seen, you know, we've seen the three, two, uh, we've seen a two, three 
I think, kind of a 2-3 hybrid that he's he's shown a couple times. Uh, he's gone away from the 1-3-1. The 1-3-1 was trash. I, I don't want to ever see the 1-3-1 again. Yeah, you have to have some help defenders and Lengths. shot blockers. Yeah, you just can't. It's like one pass, two pass, boom, guys open. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Hey, I will concede that that's a very good point. However, I will say that if he's going to be – he can do that some of the time. Right. But when if Vote and Rapper on the floor – I don't see what the value is well, they, playing man I, to man. I think the, the statistics say I, I saw somebody post this and I looked something up. Uh over the past four games, they've been on the floor together like five percent of the time. He's not playing together. them together. I'm anymore. just saying I'm saying if if either one of them is on the floor, why would you play man to man? Is my question. Yeah, I, look, people aren't gonna like this. I think rap has actually improved significantly over the past three games. Now uh, two of the past three games because I didn't watch Georgia because that sounded like torture. Um, but I have seen a lot better. Like I was actually pretty pleased with him defensively against UCF. I thought he was, he was as the five, he was moving pretty well. He, his position positioning was good. Like I, I actually think he's getting to a point where he is, he can be serviceable as your five. On the floor with vote as a four, no. But if you look at the analytics, he's getting defensive stops at a rate higher than than just about anybody else on the team. And as long as, like, my biggest thing with him, his his hang-up was the turnovers. Like, he was turning it over at an obscene rate Yeah, for, like, a week. And that has corrected itself a little bit, not fully, but he's been much better at it than he was at that point in time. I think he's getting to the point where as your five, especially as you get into conference play, because this isn't a conference with a bunch of skilled fives where I think he can be okay as your five. I agree. Vote vote has been, atrocious yeah he he's really has a hard time with the length and athleticism and just now he's getting he was getting double teamed a lot um and but they can't America's, shoot so right. if you can't shoot yeah they're just gonna swarm him when the ball comes to him right and also he he's not the greatest get low get leverage carve out some space guy he right. likes to use his arms it's his upper um, he's an upper body he, is, he uses his yeah. upper body for position that's where he's getting killed. People yeah. are just lower body, just taking him completely out of the way. Right. So it's, he, it's, it's annoying. Yeah. So he really, it's hard for him to find ways to be effective in the last few games, um, most of the year. But um, they, they, I think another, another part of this is like you said, it's a develop. It, it, I think number one, this team just isn't that fun to watch. That's something that needs to, I mean, I would like that to change. Um, because I like having fun watching UC basketball. And I don't really think it's not necessarily just that they're losing, but um, there's so it's hard to get like a rhythm of like possessions in a row where I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's right. so many of these like, ah, ah well, here's preaching. the problem. It's just a lot of that stuff. And the, the, also with that though, however, the fun thing that there will be to watch is that I, I kind of wish Nick Colosimo was still doing those highlight reels because he could use the opponent's dunks against UC 
and make a hell of a reel this year. <laughs> I, I just don't know how you I don't know how you solve not having a guy not having a dude. Like that's the 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 move to John's system, right, is about things being free flowing, presenting opportunities for all of your players. But with that said, still got to have a dude. Yeah. At at Northern, at Northern, he had one. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Jake McDonald was his dude. When he needed something. Drew McDonald? Drew Drew McDonald. I don't know where Jake came from. Drew McDonald was his dude. When he needed something, he went to Drew McDonald and he got it. More often than not. Right now, they don't have a dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's they, a, it yeah. should be Keith. They want it to be well, Keith. Keith is actually he's, he's averaging almost sixteen points a game. Like he's scoring, but at the end of games, you you can't give Keith the ball and just say go be a dude. No. Keith is actually the epitome of John's system working right because it's getting him in in advantageous spots to take advantage of who he is and what he's good at for 36 minutes. Right. But the final four minutes, you need somebody to be a dude. Well, I thought that it could be the Julius early in the season. The last two or three games, the last two or three games, he has been bottled up. He's been bottled up though. I feel like whatever Brian Gregory did to him in the South Florida game, the next two coaches did to him. And I feel like what they're doing is just doing everything they can to keep him out of the paint and kind of having that extra defender, help defender like really close by so if he tries to get a step there's somebody else there because he's he now he's like really passive i saw him pass up a couple looks last night that i'm like dude shoot it like i thought you're like almost a 40 percent three-point shooter um at michigan last year like let it let it fly man we don't i mean we got it then it ended up with i don't remember who took the shot that possession but it was not someone i would have rather had shoot it than him but yeah right. I, I i thought that maybe he would be the guy that could break down the defense and set keith up for those put him in position to succeed like you talked about with being able to catch and go or being in space and things like that. Um, Keith can't do that on his own, but if DeJulius is able to beat that first defender and draw some help and make the defense move, then you give it to Keith and he is devastating. So, but he's, DeJulius has not been able to do that. And I also think that part of this, if you look at like a lot of times why teams struggle is that their veterans are not doing what they need to do on and off the court. Now I'm not in the locker room, but if you look at these three seniors, um, Chris Vogt, uh, he's not a guy who's been here for a while. And rap just got here. The most vocal guy is rap. Yeah. And it's not just got here. Yeah. But I mean, like, like he's not the type of guy who like, you remember in that NC state 30 for 30, when Derek Wittenberg, like was like challenging his teammates, like I'll fight your ass if you don't trace last year. Yeah. And Keith's not going to, I don't think he's that type of guy. And then the Julius is in a weird spot. Cause like, he probably should be the leader. Cause he's, I mean, just the way I listen to him talk, he kind of knows his stuff, but like he just got here too. And he probably wants to defer to Keith cause he's been here for four years. So it's just a, the dynamic dynamic just doesn't fit for the leadership. And then I don't know if any of the young guys are really going to be that able to step into that type of situation. So then what you have to do is then you're relying on the coaches to be the leaders. And Mickey, we talked about that a lot. Like you need your play a player to be that guy. That's going to be the one who's the coach isn't going to get you home. The coach can get you through 36 minutes. He's not getting you through the final four. Now 
here's the thing that, that's frustrating though about last night, Berg. They outscored South Florida over the final eight minutes. They outscored them twenty-three to fifteen. But it, yeah. they were down by thirteen, so it wasn't right. enough. But well, also, they we'll played the well game. down the stretch yesterday. Other than they get it to one, DeJulius got hacked on that drive where they they called they they let it go and it was a loose ball and they called it a turnover. If you go back and and Joe Daneman had the video, the guy didn't get anywhere close to his the ball. He hit all arm, which <clears throat> that's a physics. Yeah, uh, the ball popped uh, up. If you hit the ball with your hand, if you're swiping down and you hit the ball with your hand, the ball goes down. Yep. If you're swiping down and you hit the wrist and the arm, the ball goes up. There was no ball. He didn't hit any ball. So that's unfortunate. Well, there's also a play right around the end there where Keith got a loose ball underneath Central Florida's hoop. And they, and they called, called the foul. foul on him. I thought, on I thought a, for sure on Keith a was ball. going to the line there. I think right. we were, were we down one or three. I can't remember what it was. But it I was think like, it was three, but it was, it was right like, dude, in that like, range. Yeah, it was like. He, I thought we were going to line for that. Um, but you know what? Here, if okay, so you, you, so here, I'm, I'm going to counter you on something though. You said that they played well down the stretch, but they were also down by 13. They were playing desperate. Like, does that count? I mean, like, I, I guess it counts, but it's like, Berg. Uh, did it happen? If it, it happens, happened, it counts. It happened, I hate that. I fucking here, hate that. I'm sorry. You don't get to take, it's like somebody with it that says, well, if you take out their best win, well, what kind of dick move is that? You can't take out, you can't discredit their best win. They found a way to play better down the stretch, which has been a bugaboo of this team. They played well, they better it, they down the same stretch. Thing, they did the same thing against South Florida. They were down but, by 12 and they rallied and yes. came back. But like right. teams do that. Like teams make runs. Then you couldn't close it. The other thing is like, I feel like they lost this game in the first half because of the, what we talked about earlier. It should not have been 35, 35. It should have been 42, 28. They gave up two touchdown lead. 15 turnovers and I think 21 points off turnovers in the first half in a game that you're tied at halftime. Like you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do it. I've always, I'm on your side. I've always thought that you can lose the game in the first half and Mick, but he was always like the halftime scores are relevant. And I was always like, I don't agree with that because there was a lot of games where it was like, why isn't you see up by 12 right now? They're up by one. This team, other team can't make anything. What are you guys doing? I feel like you lost it in the first half. Now I don't disagree with you okay. there at all. Yeah. Okay. But they the did. You're right. There. They did. They that rally was like yesterday was was. I mean, it came out of nowhere. I I thought they were done, and they just they started making plays. And I think they got stops. Like, they Berg. did. They got stops. You know why yeah. that game isn't a Cincinnati win? Because from eight to four, they were scoring, but they were just trading baskets down ten. Who cares yeah. if you trade baskets down 10? Right. Get a stop. Yeah. And then under four, they got stops until the final 30 seconds when they I gave knew. up the rebound, the offensive At, rebound. Ask my father-in-law. They, South, Central Florida was passing that ball around. I go, what, I go, here comes the biggest offensive rebound you've ever seen right here. The guy took a terrible shot, went yep. right to their guy because UC didn't box out like they should they should have. Everybody should have boxed out every single Central Florida player, but they didn't. 
And then my dad's father-in-law looked at me like, oh, my God, how did you know? It's like, because I, I always know. I've been doing this a long time, sir. <laughs> I always know. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. So here, uh, um, so here, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, so you talked about how this is kind of like this year's kind of going to be, it's just tournament, I large, like get all that. I mean, that's just, unless you see go 16 and two and beats Houston once, like they, they're not going to get in that large. Um, so if this is a development year, we're looking for the young guys. We're looking for it to Julius next year as a senior. Um, I've seen, I mean, I haven't followed it that closely, um, but like I've seen no indications of any recruiting targets for next year. Like, do you have any guys you've seen or do they just not tell you and they keep you in the no, dark? No, I mean, they, like, they, they had some guys in the fall. They had a couple guys in the fall that they were looking at. I think here's the thing that I I've been trying to express to people that, this is where the pandemic hurt them. When you are looking at, if you go back to March and April and May and when everything got canceled, they were looking at a roster that had a transfer into Julius, five freshmen and three sophomores. That's nine of your 13 players. At that point, the one thing they really knew they needed was a, a rim-running, shot-blocking, big type. They went after multiple of those. They didn't get them. Lost one to UConn, lost one to Western Kentucky, um, the, the two main guys that they had in mind. They knew that was, from what they had signed, they knew, knew that was the clear, like, yeah. we need this piece. Right, lack, yeah. This is the piece that we know we don't have on our roster. But here's the problem. A lot of teams don't have that. Well, of course. That, but, I yeah. mean, here's the, yeah. here's the other problem. <laughs> when, when you're looking for what you need, the problem is you don't know what you have, right? Mm. Because it's one thing to know who a kid is that you recruited. And you expect all those kids to do well. But it, it, until you get them in college – you're still kind of wondering, is this, how does this translate? You think you're pretty confident with Gabe and, and Mason because their their dads are coaches. Mikey Saunders' dad's a coach. They've been around the game their whole life. You're pretty sure you know with Tari because of what he was able to do at a really high-level competition against uh, talented kids in Washington State. But the reality is, until you see it, until you get to coach it, you don't know exactly what you need. And that's really where starting over basically hurts because you turn the roster in 14 months, right? So you, you think you know you've got a, a solid energy guy in Jeremiah Davenport, Um you feel fairly confident about like what his role is going to be. You know, you've got a, a, a strong rotation guy, Mike Adams woods, but with him, like my biggest concern with him is still valid. Like he's, he's not as aggressive as you want him to be. He's not looking to be a guy. He's not looking to be the guy ever. He's comfortable with being a guy. And I think that, you wanted to see more of how does he in year two, how does he react? 
does he react like a guy that's ready to step into a primary role or does he continue to be a guy? Well, so far the answer is, yeah, so far the answer is he's continued to be a guy. He's continued to be a piece. Yeah. Didn't he, didn't coach say after the game last night that there's not a lot of separation between all, like there's nobody's like stepping forward as like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. But they've, they've got guys, they don't have dudes. So that's where you get yourself in trouble because you don't want to go, you, you don't know exactly what you need to complement what you have because you haven't seen enough of what you have to know what you need. Yeah. And I know that's an uncomfortable answer for people. I know it is. Yeah, because they're like, like, I'm well aware. What four stars are they recruiting? Yeah. I'm well aware that's an uncomfortable answer for people. The reality is this is probably going to be there's going to be three or four guys, depending on Mamadou. I, I don't expect Mamadou to come back. I don't know. Maybe they work it out. Maybe the two of them get together and, and reconcile and, and things are smooth. I'm not expecting that. So, you know, if that's the case, you have four spots. If you got four spots, you're probably going to go heavy transfer. Like you, you might try to find a decommitment. You know, a coaching change puts somebody back on the market. You try to find one, maybe two high school kids that you think can fit. But I think you're going to see heavy transfer activity to try to at least mitigate the losses of Keith and vote. Or Keith and Rap for sure, vote probably. Um, and then you've got the open spot if Mamadou's spot comes open. Uh, you're just you weren't sure in the spring and summer what you needed because you didn't know what you have. And I, I like, that's not going to yeah. be a good enough answer for people, I know, but I it's the it. truth. It's yeah. the truth. But if you, but, but all they need is big guys because they're losing four, three big guys. And they only, I mean, we don't know what Victor Locken will be. So that's, that's a potential five. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like he's about six ten, six nine, six ten, six ten, six eleven. He's actually six, bigger. 10, six, 11. Okay. When he got here, he was bigger than they thought he was. Yeah, which I mean, is, is always the opposite, right? They're no, never yeah, bigger always. than you thought they were. Yeah, six seven. <laughs> no, that's six four and a half. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So we think so he's like, we think yeah. he's six ten. Actually, six <laughs> eleven. Shit. All right. Good deal. <laughs> well, well, they obviously have a lot of wings and guard. They have two point guards. Um, you probably want to try. Dude, you, you got to get a dude. Go well, get a dude. But that's going to be on the transfer market. You're not finding yeah. a dude. I still think that Julius can be a dude, but I just, this team just doesn't, it doesn't make sense for him to, it just isn't, it's just the whole fit is so, just doesn't work. I don't know. Like he. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You had to add so many guys at the end, at the end last year, right? Just to, to get a team. And this is the best, this is the best analogy I can give you, Bird. You had to add so many guys last year just to field a team because so many guys left. You didn't have much left behind. You had Trey, you had Jaron, you had Keith, you had Mamadou. That was basically it, right? You had to do it again this year because those guys left. And and again, the roster needed seven new guys. They brought in seven new guys last year. They brought in seven new guys this year. You know what happens when you add 14 guys in two years? You add a lot of pieces, but I don't. You, how many parts did you add? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're adding pieces. All right. I think this guy can be a piece. This guy can. This guy can do this. This guy can be a piece here. This guy can be a piece there. 
And then you sit down. And you're like, we don't have a stud. We don't, have, we don't have a part. We got all the pieces, but yeah. we don't have any parts. And I think that's kind of where, like, Tari's going to be a stud, right? Yep, Tari, yeah. But he can't, he's not going to be a stud right away. No. Mike Saunders can be really good, I think, as a point guard. He's disruptive on defense. He's fast as hell. If he like makes he's his free solid, throws, he makes his free throws. If he can get his three point shot down, then he becomes a, a, a critical part because point guard predict, is always yeah. the most important part. I, he will get that shot down because free throw percentage is an indicator of three point percentage down the road. What what I've um, talked about, and you were you know you were doing your thing, and I think you probably missed some of this. Mikey has talked about this to me. His biggest problem is because he's so fast. It messes up his footwork in the shot preparation because he's his feet are everywhere. Like yeah, you told, yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, yeah. So he's gotten better at that. I think as he develops, you will see his three point shot come along. But he and a lot of that is because he understands what the flaw is. Right when Justin Jennifer finally understood the flaw was he was using his thumb mm-hmm. to flick the ball because that's the only way he was strong enough as a little kid to get the ball on the rim, that problem got fixed. Mikey understands the footwork is his issue, so he's going to get there. Well, I believe it. Yeah, you, you look at – okay, so now you got a couple of things. Like, so you look at – all right, let's look at the freshman and sophomore, the freshmen and sophomores. So I think I can imagine in two years Mikey and, and Tari being a hell of a combination. It's just yeah. a matter of what's, what's going to be around them. Are, are the Madsen twins going to be – factors is victor Locken going to be like a five like you know are they going to add more you know or you know is jeremiah going to be in the starting lineup is micah adams was still going to be in the starting lineup what's harvey going to be i mean harvey last night scores 15 points and you know he hit a couple shots and he got to the hole a few times i don't know that he like figured anything major out Um, well i I think the biggest thing for him is confidence man yeah that's true i mean the biggest thing for him if you if you go back a couple games justin he had no confidence. He didn't have confidence to take those shots. He didn't have confidence to put the ball on the floor and go at the rim. Yeah. It's going to waver. It's going to be up and down. But as I, as we talked about last week, that's a kid that missed almost the, like not even more than everybody else missed the entire off season. He didn't see the practice floor until a week before the season started. He is way behind. So to see him catch up like that last night against a team with, Pretty good wing play. I think that was a positive. I don't yeah, think it's and, I don't think it's the be all end all, but right. it was a step in that direction for him yeah, to be more involved. Yeah. He he clearly needs to work on his handles. He's a lot. He's very loose with the ball. Um, yeah. he, he loses it quite a bit. Is the is the point? Which I think if he can tighten that up, then he might have a chance to to create his own shot um, with somebody guarding him. Because right now, yes. I mean, he if he has a straight line drive opportunity, he can get there. If he's open for three, he shoots it off of the roof of the building, and it can go in sometimes. Uh, but he just he needs something. He needs to be something. He, he we so I think and that 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 like there's just not a lot of shot creators right now. Like we've talked no, about there's not. before. Keith is not, and I thought that Julius would be. He is at times. So he's had some good assist games, and he's gotten his own shot against Xavier and things. But so I mean, I feel like down the road he can be one. So if you look to next year, you're like, all right, well, I think he will be one. Who else will be? Yeah, we'll see. But um, I also want to say this because uh, I know that when UC basketball loses uh, 
multiple games in a row and they're not looking good that uh, a lot of fans are going to be like John Brandon's like in over his head and how long, how long, how many more years are they going to give him? Like how long does he have? It's like, okay, here's what I got to say. Number one, UC just had a really good, it had a good to really good 10 year run, like very consistent. It took Mick till his fifth year to even start that thing. Okay. That's one thing. Number two is, you know, if you're looking at this season and you're like, well, can they bounce back? Can they get it on track and what get to the tournament? Like, okay. So let's say they don't get there, which is a pretty good probability. How's that much different from the last like six years when they did get there. So um, I'm not like losing my mind about it. Now I am annoyed at certain Unhappy, things. Like I mentioned right? earlier, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just frustrated with like basic stuff that they like the fouling is really, I listen, here's another thing. It's, it's, I mean, I would tell them, you are playing defense. When you're guarding the ball, your hands are behind your back. I don't want you even trying to strip anything because it'll force them to work on their footwork um, and they won't reach in. Thumbs up. Yeah. And then remember we talked you, about a million times. Yeah. When you defend with your thumbs up, you don't foul because you yeah, don't you're like you're when your hands are like this, you reach, right? Right. When your hands are like this. You go like this, but they're not, I wouldn't even, they haven't earned, even letting him try to do that. Okay. Like, you know how guys will guard James Harden because they don't want to get those fouls and reaching when he goes to the hole. Yeah. That's they how just... I, I really think it's, it sounds ridiculous, but I would be like, dude, you guys, until you prove to me that you cannot, that you can stop fouling, you don't get to even have your hands available because at least half their fouls, are, <laughs> at least half their fouls are reaches. And it's really annoying to me. Well, I, the um, thing that I don't think that that improves is that they aren't, they don't have a bunch of guys that move well laterally. But that's what I'm saying. It will force them to work on that because if you, because look, I, I watched like Tari the other, I think it was, I think it was last, it was either last night or the Georgia game. He was on the perimeter and the guy just like started dribbling, went right by him and he didn't do anything. Yeah, he did that. And it's like, but if you, for those that aren't have, watching, he just reached out. He just, if you yeah. don't have the option of your hands and you have to use your feet, then wouldn't naturally your feet get better then. When you're in position, then you eventually would say, you hope, okay, now you can use your hands. <laughs> you hope naturally without yeah. using your hands, your feet would get better. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's a challenge for guys that don't move well laterally to begin I know. With. I know. Uh, I've, got, I've got something I talked about on the radio today I want to I run past you. Okay. Here's why it's hard for UC fans right now. UC fans are, are Cincinnati, right? We're very provincial. If you root for UC, odds are good. You root for the Bengals and the Reds, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know for the Bengals, but yeah, keep going. But uh, you know what I mean. Like it's if the Bengals were good, you'd root for the Bengals. Not like real hard. If the Bengals were good, dating back thirty years, you would root for the fucking Bengals. That's true. Sorry, Dan, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. For thirty years, this was the rock in the city. This was the one thing you could count on. The Bengals had the lost decade in the 90s. The Reds had a couple good years in the 90s. The 2000s were a complete mess. They were good again for a little bit in the 10s. Then they fell off again for five years. The constant through all of that, outside of the start of the McCronin era, was that UC basketball was there for you, right? UC football, ups and downs. Coaches leaving, break your heart, good, some bad. But for 30 years, there's one constant and, and pro- one and a half, one and three quarters. I will give Xavier enough that like Xavier also in that time frame. If you're a Xavier fan, 
has been a constant for Xavier fans. For UC fans that are fans of the Reds, that are fans of the Bengals, that are fans of UC football, you got four teams you root for. There was one team, one team that you could count on that was going to be there for you and win games. And it was the UC Bearcat basketball program. And when they slipped, we saw it early in the Mick era. They turned on Mick. They knew what Mick was dealing with. One roster, one scholarship player on the roster, bringing in a bunch of JUCOs, uh, all Band-Aids everywhere to try to get back on track. They wanted to run him out of town in the second year, midway through the second year. And that team went eight and 10 in the Big Ten or the Big East. Yeah, they were eight and five at one point. Lost the they last wanted five. Him, yeah, they lost the last five and they wanted him run out of town. And that's, that's because UC basketball means something different to people in this town. It is a security blanket. Yeah. It is yeah. a, we know when we can't count on the Bengals, we can't count on the Reds, we can't count on anything else in this stupid-ass town. We can count on UC basketball winning 25 games, getting to the tournament, and we'll see what happens from there, right? And right now, that security blanket, like the dog ripped it up. The, the puppy chewed up the security blanket. Uh, you left him alone. You, you went to take a crap. The dog was in the living room for 10 minutes without you, and he chewed up the security blanket, and now the security blanket's gone. And that, that, I think, I might be wrong. I'm interested to hear from the fans if they've managed to make it into an hour and 45 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> that's that's the, the emotional attachment, right? Your security blanket has gone to shit. Yeah. And you're 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 emotionally impacted by the fact that you're not gonna get that comfy, not comfy, but that 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 ride into March where they win a whole bunch of games in January and February and lead you into March. And you deal with whatever disappointment happens in a one game scenario in March. We're good at that. Hell we're in the tournament. Like that's hip hip hooray. When you look at the reds of the past 30 years, you look at the Bengals of the past 30 years, your take. I know I, I went on a little bit of a rant on that, but I I'm interested in your take. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. I, I mean, you, I can't, can't disagree with that. Um, I also think that anytime you can, coach, you're open. I, well, you're I open won't to disagree. I won't. <laughs> but I, but I, the other part of it is just that I think this is just common when there's a coaching change, especially if the previous coach was having success. Yeah. And if you look at other schools, I mean, I, I I don't care enough about Xavier to ever look at their message board, but I can imagine that that last year that Steele was getting some heat um, in his second year. Both uh, years, year yeah, one and year probably, two. Yeah, exactly. So the standard is was set that that they I think that the the perception was that um, Brandon would come in and like take them to another level because he's so good at coaching offense and that's what Mick wasn't as good at. I think a lot of people were like, finally, like let's get somebody in here that can run an offense and like get some shooters in here. And we're we're seven games into the second season of this, and it's like, well, where are those shooters and why aren't we scoring a hundred points a game? Um, <laughs> And, you know, so it's just like uh, it's everyone wants that, that stuff microwave, like to build a program from it's not I mean, 
it's not a whole lot different from when Mick took over. You know, it was not as dramatic of just having one scholarship player, but also like Mick was in the Big East, so he could actually like tell a recruit like, "Hey, dude, like look at this conference you get to play in." John doesn't have that. Nancy Gates. He's in the he's in the stupidest like most like this conference sucks. Like I hate watching when the when other teams play. I was watching Tulsa Memphis a little bit. Like Jesus, these every these teams can't shoot. It's just like ugly and guys turning over. God, how Memphis turns it over a billion times a game, Penny Hardaway. Like, what are you doing with these undisciplined stuff? But like, I'd like to only league, turn it over a billion league, times a game. Like, it, this is the perfect <laughs> league for the shittiest type of basketball. Like, it, it is because there's just good enough athletes in there, but they don't have enough skill. And it's just like, I can't score against this guy because he's my size and he can stay in front of me. Uh, and I'm not that good of a shooter to shoot over him. And that's like almost every team against every team. You go to like right. A10, it's like, well, like I can, I, the A10 has like some, maybe some better shooters and maybe, you know, whatever. Like it's weird. Like it's just not fun watching AAC hoops. And that's why all their games are on ESPN Plus this year. <laughs> because ESPN was like, God, I'm so We're sick good. Of putting these shitty games on air. We're good. So, yeah. Um, so that's like the only like so I guess Brandon is like all right well fine like I'm gonna just try to load up on some skill and feel, and uh, and you know try to find some athleticism with it. But like again, when you're at this level, you, you it's kind of has to be one or the other. You can't the guys who have feel and are like elite athletes they ain't coming to the AAC. So Mick was like I'm gonna take the guys that can play good defense and rebound and all that stuff, and then I'll figure out the rest along the way, and they'll make some shots. Uh, but I won't get beat by giving up layups and free throws. And John's like, like, I want to be able to push the pace and I want to be able to have like execution and draw up these awesome plays. And like, you know, we'll figure out the defense from there. Here's where it's a, here's where the offense defense thing is such a interesting conversation, right? You can be really good on offense and miss shots. We saw from Xavier today. They've been incredible offensively for, three weeks they couldn't make shots today they went on the road they lost to to creighton but down the road yeah that was at creighton oh okay defense generally almost it almost always travels in the regular season right we've established that we we've established that oh yeah and then some the regular season yeah, I've got like a an article that I wrote. I remember how there was like forty two examples on there. <laughs> In the postseason, defense doesn't travel as much. Why? Because both teams are good defensively. Because you're in the postseason, and the team that's offensively good typically wins out when both teams are good defensively. Right? Like that's that's what your your research has uncovered right yeah what, am i wrong in, in estimating that no i would say more often than not yes the better shooting team will, will prevail because both teams are good defensively when or defense becomes team, a wash but even if the team that's not ranked high defensively they're going to try harder and they have like big time athletes or, or size right. like right. iowa or ucla these teams were not good nevada like they were not good at defense but they would try a little harder yeah So it's an interesting, like, we're, it's an interesting crossroads that this fan base is at. It really is. It's fascinating from this perspective, sitting 
we kind of sit above and watch, right? Like you're a little bit different than me because you're like, I I've, I'm still, I'm still that kid that was a fan, but after 15 years of doing this, the way you, you watch is a little different. I, 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 I'm, has your, how you watch changed at all since you started doing this? Like you're what? Five years this is your fifth year. Uh, 2015, 16. So yeah, it's actually, six, well, six, I think this is the sixth. Okay. One. I didn't really do it last year, but you still wrote, you still did. Yeah. Some stuff. I did like yeah. you weren't around the team the way you were around the team. You didn't do the podcast, yeah, but like, I, I don't know if I, I mean, if I'm writing every, every game, then I'm, I'm watching it differently. But the last two years I've, I've reverted back to how I used to watch it. And I have that perspective now. I don't, I'm not like worrying about every little, thing and analyzing all the defenses right. and the possession counting possessions and stuff like that anymore i'm just like i'm kind of riding that roller coaster again uh and so i now i understand why somebody would jump on the message board and have to <laughs> rail <Right>. about john <laughs> brandon like I, I put a thing on twitter like how bad their offense was why you have a theory and it was like three people were like because they can't make any shots well but they were like john brandon is in over his head he can't recruit like that's like that's like always the go-to like Whenever yeah. Mick would lose a game, Mick can't recruit. Look at these players; they're not ranked high. Uh, so I hate to that, say it, and this is going to make people mad when I say it, is because they don't know exactly. They don't actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. So they fall back on axioms. They fall back on cliches. He can't know what he's doing because they're not winning, right? Like, but that's yeah, not really how yeah. it works. Yeah, especially when games can swing. A player two here, or there, a couple shots here, or there, and then all of a sudden, what? He's a genius, and he can recruit because they won a game by two instead of lost it by two. He uh, couldn't recruit last year when they were seven. He couldn't. They they were terrible last year when they were seven and five. Then they went seven and one in December or in January or whatever it was. Seven and two in January with with the loss to Tulane being like the eyesore. But all of a sudden, it's coming together. Coming together, yeah. Pepper. Coming together, Pepper. Yeah. I gotta go. Well, to my, here. I, I default to my Lou Brown when I yeah, talk that's coaches. a good one. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I think you can don't get that give deep me that voice. Olay bullshit. I mean, yeah. it's, it's thousands of cigarettes over the years. I was gonna, I was, exactly what I was about to say. I'm yeah, you're smoking <laughs> one right now, right now. I, I see you smoking one. But look, yeah. here, you know why they were so good in the league last year? Because they had two of the five best players in the entire league. Now they don't have any of the top what 20, 25 players in the league. I mean, Keith can be there if he stays on the damn floor. Yeah, but he yeah. Maybe okay, he so he might be one of the one of the 20. twenty best. Yeah, I'm not one saying the he's the best. Yeah, I'm not saying he's yeah. the best player in so the that's league. What I'm saying. But if he can so. stay on the floor, he's an impact player in the league. But he, they got one. They got one right now. But it's not a top five. It's not even close. And they no. had two top five last year, and then one top fifteen or twenty. So yeah, you're gonna win games in the league if you have that much talent based on like you know in in respect to the rest of your league. Now you just you're at a disadvantage because. The other teams you're playing are going to have a better top play. Like their alpha is going to be better than your alpha. Right. And Brandon Mahan was clearly better than UC's alpha. And that was the difference in that game. He put the team on his back dough in that second. Remember that? Have you ever seen that video of the guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that guy won the game for them with that. He was cooking. He middle, yeah. of the, middle of the second half, he was cooking. Yeah. And South Florida, or South Florida had uh, David Collins. He's. He's an alpha compared to what 
UC yeah. has. And like, um, and they also dunked on UC like 10 times that helped them too. <laughs> um, I, who, who are you most excited to see dunk on UC the rest of the season? Like, um, Berg, shut up. Ferran I don't, maybe. I don't care. I was just like, I, there's just been so many good dunks against them that I'm like, maybe it's just all coming back. Cause UC's had many dunks. But about, Tari, though, Tari's the guy who is going to – Yeah, he he's got be that real that nice, hard, right-handed puncher. I love when he hammers him down. But, like, whenever he dunks, it's like, oh, cool, now we're down 11 and, you know, it didn't really <laughs> – I'm not like that exci- – like, How about like, – there's not, there's not a lot to get excited. Like, I haven't been like, – I really haven't been getting very few, like, exciting, fun moments with this team through seven games. How about the color commentator yesterday saying that uh, C.J. Walker might – might be more athletic than rap. This after he declared Jeremiah Davenport, the most athletic player in the country and CJ Walker damn near jumped over him. <laughs> and he said, CJ Walker might be more athletic than rap. Uh, sir. Yeah. Is that Mike O'Donnell? Yeah. That yeah. he was bad. He was bad. He, he loves like, him. Some Brandon Mahan. He, well, I mean, I mean, he's the analytics do say Brandon Mayhan yeah. is the best ISO player in the country. Why? Right. Because he can take two non-existent, insignificant dribbles and just shoot a three in your face. He doesn't even need hand down, man down. You can be hand up. He can take two insignificant dribbles, bang, bang, pop, wop, and they're nothing but net from like 27 feet. Hey, here's a question. Who's he's the best good. shooter? Who's the best shooter on this UC team? Oh boy. <laughs> I'll wait. Uh, yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, it's it, it's probably one of the Madsen twins, and Mason oh, is yeah. still it's still Mason is still out, and Gabe can't figure out how to how to defend yet at this level, or at least better than the guys that are in front of him. Gabe also had a lot of bad turnovers in that Georgia game. You didn't see like he was just he like, hit a three, bro. He hit a three. I saw it on that cream city. But I mean, uh, besides them, it's probably Adams Woods from three. And I, I just, I, just, I thought that Julius was going to be it. Like he's got such a nice stroke and I just, uh, I want him to do more, but it's so yeah, early. It's not I think, there. I think, I don't think right he, now it's not the, there. The book. Yeah. Like the, there's no, like nothing has been, the book is not written on him yet and his UC career. I feel like he will, he will be uh, a very valuable senior next year. Just this year, the team is just weird in a million different ways. I'm not looking. For, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a lot of time off and not having to watch him. Um, <laughs> ten days. I think, every, I think everybody. A ten is. day break. We need. We all needed a ten day break, Berg. I, I, Jesus. I think, even though we did, we're we're actually to the point where this is this is uh, even. It's fifty fifty. An hour of basketball, an hour of football. I think I'm going to title it Pieces, Not Parts. Okay. Because parts and pieces, I think is... Or, a, a, or title it Awesome at Fouling. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the difference. Here's the difference, right? The football team has parts. The parts all fit. Right? Mm-hmm. You've got, you've got a good defense, a great defensive line. You've got edge rushers. You've got a nose tackle. 
You've got linebackers that make plays sideline to sidelines. You've got corners that can defend one-on-one. You've got safeties that can play deep, that can play close. You've got tight ends. You've got running backs. You've got wide receivers. You've got an all-conference, the player of the year in the conference, a quarterback. You've got parts, man. you got parts. The basketball team has pieces. Mm-hmm. The basketball team has pieces. There's not going to be – look, man, we're two games into this conference season, but there's not going to be a first-team Bearcat. When's the last time there wasn't a first-team Bearcat in the AAC? Has there been one since 2013? Maybe that year that nobody averaged in double SK? figures. No, that year that nobody – yeah, nobody averaged in double That's figures. That's the year after year. SK. Yeah, Troy, yeah, sophomore Troy when they lost so to one Kentucky. Year? One Probably year, there's yeah. one year, one year, there's there's been a a team that didn't have a first teamer. Pieces, not parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're good here. Okay, um, you got anything else? I'll just uh, I won't make it long, but uh, I Leah's landscaping hit yeah, the hit Leah, the ad. Yeah, um, I Leah's landscaping where Bearcat fans get preferential treatment, Xavier fans get charged. Double or at least more than the Bearcat fan would. And I will, um, I will just leave it at that. That I might have done that this week. Um, <laughs> outstanding. Uh, yeah, and uh, the customer agreed. So there you go. But um, did they have a flag? Like, how'd you know? Uh, he wore a like a little jacket. Yep, you're out. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was getting ready to send the estimate. I was like, eh, you know what? I remember he was wearing that Xavier jacket. Let's pump this up a little bit. I, I mean, I have to live up to the, the slogan. But, you have uh, to. If you you're going to have a slogan that that ballsy, you better live up to it. <laughs> right? You better. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, you know how to spell it. L-I-A-S. So, leaslandscaping.com or DM me or if you have any questions. I know we have a long way to go till next year, but, uh, you know. If you have any stuff in the winter that you want to clear out or do any kind of stuff, we'll we'll take a look at it. That's it. All right. Well, it was a hell of a year. It was. Yeah, we, we started the year. We started the year with no dump trucks. Now we have two. Ooh, I nice. Love, love them both. Uh, since last week, have you added a fence guy? <laughs> I have not. All right. Well, I mean, a guy can dream. A guy can dream. hold on. So let me ask you this: If I could send you a guy to dig you holes. Would that help? Like, what's the he, like? What 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 can you not do? You can't dig the hole. Can you put the post in? So you need someone to dig the hole, put the post in with like the concrete and wet it, and just leave it there. And then you yeah, that's the rest. Yeah, yeah, that's all I need. Because I have a guy who's like, eh, he's not. You know, I think I can find him at least do that. If you're not comfortable, if you're like, eh, he's eh, then you know, I need you to hire a fence guy. I need you to make fencing a part of Leah's landscaping. And then send that guy to me once you're comfortable with his work. <laughs> we took on too many projects this year that were not our like bread and butter type of stuff. And there were some headaches involved and there was one that right, was fencing and there was one that was fencing and we were like, dude, let's just not do that. Okay. Why, that's why what I'm saying. It? We're really good at other stuff. We can't be good at like 90 different things. You got to find like five things but, you're awesome at and do those. But if you hire a guy that's a fence guy, then you're awesome at having a fence guy. That's I, what I had saying. one. And by the time you picked out your fence and you got it delivered, he already quit. Well, then you had an issue and it messed things up. Bad Life time, got in the way. And you just you 
You didn't jump on it in time to get him set up. I was. He came to your middle. house and you didn't he have did. a thing. No, we did. We like we. He came to my house. We set it all up. We had everything lined up, and then life happened. And then all next you had to thing do I know, order the fence to your house, and he would have put it in. Next thing I know, he doesn't work <laughs> for you anymore. Yeah. That's how it goes. It's just like the UC basketball season. <laughs> right. Shit, shit just didn't go your way. I had pieces, not parts. Sometimes <laughs> that shit happens. <laughs> Berg, I love you. We will talk. Uh, have a have a have an awesome holiday season. How has Hanukkah been for you? Is it going good? Is it going well? Yeah, the, kid, the kids, yeah, they got some awesome stuff. Um, I, I can't wait for Christmas. Um, as you know, five NBA games. Um, yeah. It doesn't big, get any better than that. You're a big Christmas NBA guy. Oh, man. Indian food and five NBA games, man. It's just that's that's my thing. That's I'm my getting jam. a uh, I'm getting a ninja foodie grill. For Christmas mm. where you can you can cook six steaks at a time on the, the grill. And it's also an air fryer and uh, has like six other functions. So I'm Jeez. pretty excited about that. We. My my wife bought the the New York strips that we're gonna we're gonna cook on. Is Christmas. that indoor then? Is that an indoor? Yeah, it's thing? an indoor. It's an indoor grill. Ooh, it's it's got a it's got a thermometer that you put in the meat, and you close the lid, and it has settings. So you tell it steak, medium rare. Jeez. And it cooks your steak to medium rare to the temperature, and when it's done, it shuts off, and you open the damn thing, and you get your steak at medium rare. Right, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to try it. I'm about to order I'm one of those. I'm pretty excited to try it. Ninja Foodie Ninja Foodie XL is what it's called. Okay. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that. That is my Christmas present. We're going to try it out on Christmas Eve. I think we're doing um, we're doing steaks. We're doing broccoli cauliflower casserole, and I think scalloped potatoes. I think that's the the Christmas meal. It's uh, it's me, my wife Kelsey, and then Kelly's mom and her boyfriend. I think that's the that's the crew, five of us for Christmas. We bought we bought five New York strips today from Costco. And, um, do you happen to have like ninety bags of good Christmas candy at your house or something? Because I just went to Kroger today, two different Krogers, and they had nothing <laughs> good left. I was waiting. So two days before, a, I was about to buy some good stuff for, for my NBA, and there was, like, none of those good bells with the Nestle Crunch. Like, none of that shit was left. So pissed. Um, I'm not a big candy guy. So I, I, I don't do candy heavily. Um, well, anyone – I bet people who are listening to this probably have, like, way too much candy, and they hoarded it. There wasn't anything <laughs> left for me for this Jewish guy. That just wanted to you, watch NBA you, games and eat candy. Are you a Costco or uh, Sam's guy? Like, do you have no, a membership? Kroger. I just go to Kroger. I would I would recommend the Costco thing. It's sixty bucks for a year. I have Costco. I just don't. It's just not anywhere close to me. I don't go. Go, go get it. They have candy there, Berg. They have a shit ton of candy at Costco. All the candy you could. You know what they have at Costco? Hold on. I'm gonna hit mute one second. I don't know what he's doing. I want to. Are you a? What's your favorite candy? It's a tough one. I mean, I really I, like it comes down to it. Those Nestle Crunch bells that they make, those jingle bells and yeah. then the Butterfinger ones, those two things. I could just keep crushing those for. Where, where are you on peanut M&Ms? 
Can you bring up a peanut M&M thing? Lukewarm. Lukewarm of those. I like regular M&Ms or well, uh, caramel M&Ms. Just, it doesn't matter if it's full. Just bring up one. Okay, so they have these in, in at Costco. They have these in regular and peanut. Okay, they're $10. And they're a game changer in a lot of ways. Because if you're buying bags, like regular bags of peanut M&Ms, like that's, or regular M&Ms, like that's, that doesn't, that doesn't get the job done, right? But if you buy one of these. Yeah. Full of, think about, think about how many regular M&Ms would go in one of these. Let the record show that one's completely empty. (laughs) Of course I ate them all. Well, actually, (laughs) actually. The the elf on the shelf stole like the elf on the shelf when she entered the house had to find a way. There's Kelsey. The <laughs> elf on the shelf had to find a way into the house, so she had to quarantine inside the M and M's. You see, quarantine. She had you. to quarantine nice. inside the M and M's container. But I mean, if you're looking for something to snack on and you like regular M and M's, I can get M and M's anywhere, anytime. I'm talking about the Christmas candy is all I'm talking about. Oh. And they didn't have it, and I was pissed off. So I'm thinking that all these Christmas celebrators what? stole all the candy. I have hoarded all the candy this year, and I'm not what? happy about it. I would try Costco. I would. Have you have you tried the um, the s'mores? Uh, yeah, sure. Bring that up too. We're, we're we've gone off the rails, and we're already into hour two. So. Are you still recording this? Because oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. we're still going. Have you tried the s'mores uh, trail mix? No. Are you a s'mores guy? Yeah. Oh boy. You got a Costco card? You're yeah. going to Costco tomorrow, bro. You're going to Costco tomorrow for this. And I might suggest you get two bags. You know Franny Mae chocolate? How good that chocolate is? Yeah. Oh. S'mores snack mix. So basically it's just marshmallows and graham crackers covered in Franny Mae chocolate. Is Costco still open now? <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have to wait till tomorrow. But but these are outstanding. The other the other question I have for you: What's your take on cheese puffs? Eh, don't care that much about them. What's your take on grippos? Barbecue grippos. I'm a fan. Yeah, and you've been you've been you've been pushing those hard. I know I have. What is that like your ninth bag that since you found no, out about it's, them? It's my it's my fourth. Okay. Uh, I've been pretty good on not on just eating a small select number of them. Because I know if I allow myself, what I've been doing is I've been eating them with lunch, like with sandwiches and whatnot, where you just take a handful and you have them with your your lunch, uh, which prevents you from eating sitting here. If I like I won't I won't eat any of those tonight. Because if I did, I would just eat the whole damn bag. So I I try to space it out and be smart with it, but they're delicious. You got to try one. Kelsey's eating some now. I've got one yep. one final UC thought before we end this, and it is <laughs> all right. We've gone it, off the rails, and, and, I it, love and it. it is if Tari Eason does not do at least one reverse dunk this year, then this <laughs> will go down. This will go down as the worst season in UC basketball history. <laughs> The re- Give I me one, Tari. A reverse. Yeah. One reverse backwards dunk. I love doing these long podcasts over the holidays because I know at times people are just looking for something to listen to as they're driving or they're passing the time. 
Uh, really good, really good first half with Dave. Outstanding second half with Berg. Like we had a lot of fun on this second half of this podcast, Berg. And that's why I wanted you back. I missed you, brother. Last year wasn't the same. This podcast wasn't the same without you last year. And it's awesome to have you back. And uh, I'll see you. I'll see you. I don't think we have, like, I don't know that we have anything to talk about next week. Let's just wait till after they, they beat Tulsa. Um, All right. Is it January 2nd? January 2nd. Okay. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a win in that game somehow. All right. If it, if it doesn't it. happen, then. Then this Ooh, never happened. Boy, we're two hours and 15 minutes almost into this podcast, so nobody's going to be able to hold you to this because nobody's listening this long. <laughs> Once we started yes. talking junk food, they, they tuned out probably. <laughs> so, so, so if I guarantee a win over Tulsa on the record, mm, Tulsa just beat Memphis. They did. They did. But Memphis just gave it away because they just make – a million mistakes a game but oh wait so does you see oh i don't know right well we'll find well, out we'll, we'll it'll be entertainingly it. frustrating is that a word Entertain- is that a phrase i don't know if that works i i think i might like that as a title more than uh parts and pieces frustratingly entertaining i don't know frustratingly entertaining either way no nah, it hasn't been entertaining. Don't even put that on there. <laughs> I have not. I have not been entertained, except when Tari Eason dunks, and that's pretty much all right. It. That's fair. Parts and Bye. pieces. We'll, have we'll a great label Christmas. it parts and pieces. You yeah. have a great Christmas. Enjoy your Hanukkah. Enjoy your Indian food and the NBA uh, on the twenty fifth. And we will talk in a couple weeks. I love you, brother. Yep. Have a good night, boy. He's Justin Berg. That was Dave Simone a long ass time ago. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail. BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail and Leah's landscaping.com. And we'll see you next week.